Podcast Answer Man, episode number 372. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Amy Porterfield from the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. And you're listening to the man who's trained more people to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the podcast answer man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It does not matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating content online for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and this week, (laughs) I'm taking things to the next level by having a more relaxed show, a little bit more off the cuff this week than perhaps what has happened over the last couple weeks. I I know some of you have been saying, man, Cliff, you're really on it. Uh, Some of you really enjoyed the the keynote that I released uh, two weeks ago, and many of you uh, enjoyed a little bit more of the deeper spiritual side of Cliff uh, last week's episode. But today, I want to get a little bit more into just off the cuff, a little bit of the geeky side about what's been going on in my life and and in my business and and some of the more technical geeky things. Uh, And today, I'm going to be talking about the following. I'm going to talk about, number one, getting my iPhone 5 battery replaced. I'm going to talk about Dropbox. I mentioned that I was going to talk about Dropbox last week, but I never got around to it. So I am going to talk about Dropbox, their big announcement, and how that is radically changing some of the things that I'm going to be doing with some of my computer systems. Uh, I will talk a little bit more about other backup solutions that I use for all the data that I'm creating. I create a lot of content, my friends, and I do not want to lose any of it. And for that reason, I have many different ways of backing up all the different content that I have. And I'm going to share some of that with you. I am going to briefly talk about just a few thoughts about the Adam Carolla uh, and situation with him dropping the lawsuit and settling with personal audio and what settling means and all of that stuff. Uh, So I'll I'll cover a little bit of that today. And uh, I'm also going to talk about some conferences that are happening. Uh, You know, New Media Expo announced their, their conference since the last time I've given you guys some of these tech updates or, you know, special updates going on in new in the new media space. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at an online conference this October and uh, the platform conference in November. So we'll talk a little bit about that kind of stuff. So that's really what's going to be included in this particular show. And to start things off, let me just go ahead and just tell you real quickly about my iPhone. Um, I have had, I'm one of those Apple fanboys, if you will. I'm an early adopter. I converted over to Mac probably in 2008 or 2009, something like that. And when I first got my first Apple computer, I fell in love with it for two weeks. I hated it for about six weeks. And then some folks helped me understand the different way of computing. And uh, it it is almost, well, we won't go into all the deep, uh, deeper philosophical (laughs) issues that are uh, Mac versus PC, but I, I will tell you this, I'm, I'm an Apple fan. There's no question about that. I had the very first Apple iPhone when it came out. I had the second one. I had the third one. I've had every one since then, with the exception of the S models. And for those of you who are familiar with Apple, you know that uh, for the last couple of years, every other year they come out with the same model, but just a little bit faster, and it's the S model. So they had the iPhone 4S, Actually, they had the iPhone 3GS, then they had the iPhone 4S, and then they had the iPhone 5S. But I've had all the major upgrades to all the phones, and I'm very much looking forward to next week's announcement of the iPhone 6. I will probably get the larger screen if they have, if, if the rumors are true and they actually have two different size iPhones, I will probably order the larger one, and I will probably order the one with the largest hard drive in it, you know, the, the biggest capacity. So if it's 64 gigs, if they make that thing, I'm going to get one with the biggest capacity because I am done with running out of space on my drives. I'm getting sick and tired of wanting to take another video with my phone and then all of a sudden 
Yeah, you know, you're out of space because, you know, just got too much stuff on there. Anyway, I say all that just to say that um, one of the things that I have done is I've lived for the last two years with an iPhone 5 and things were going pretty darn well until I upgraded to iPhone uh, or iOS 7. And shortly after upgrading to iOS 7 on my iPhone 5, excuse me, I noticed that there was an issue um, with my battery. It was running out all the time. So I would, you know, have a 100% charge, I'd unplug it, and, you know, I'd go from 100% down to, let's just say, 85% within about 25 to 35 minutes, and maybe within another 25 to 35 minutes, it is down to like 43%, and I noticed that at 43% and below, or anywhere hitting right around in the lower 40s, it would just shut off as as though the battery was completely drained. It, there was, I never saw a 30%, I never saw a 20%, I never saw a 10%. It was, you know, right around the low 40%, it would completely cut off. And it was doing this, gosh, it's been at least five, six, eight months now. And it's been really frustrating, so much so that I carry around one of those little portable uh, charging devices in my pocket to plug in my phone if I ever am going to be gone away from my house for more than, let's just say, two or three hours. Uh, because otherwise, I will not have a phone to to use. And and it's not like I use my phone endlessly. It's not like I keep all of the apps running. It's not like I keep all of the radios turned on and location service. I'm, I'm a pretty geeky technical guy, but the thing was running dead all the time. And then last week, I, there was an announcement on all the tech sites that Apple had confirmed that they were aware of a certain issue with certain batteries in a line or a run of their iPhone 5s and that they were doing a warranty replace they were doing a recall and replacement on those batteries. So there was an, a, a website that I could go to. I could log in and put my serial number in and it would tell me, yes, you're eligible for a battery replacement. And of course I was and I went in and got a brand new battery finally installed yesterday. And it actually no, it was uh, today's Thursday, so I did that Tuesday. And anyway, the the battery is this is like a brand new phone. It's amazing, and that's great because my son is going to get my iPhone five uh, as soon as I get my hands on my iPhone six. So why do I share that with you guys? What value does that have to you at all? Well, number one, I just want everybody to know I'm an Apple fan. I think Apple is the way to go. Uh, you know, if you have a PC, that's fine, but man, I love Apple. And number two, if you happen to have an iPhone 5 that just is doing really silly, stupid things with your battery, and it seems like you are never able to see, you know, more than three hours worth of charge on your iPhone 5 battery, this is not 5S or any other model, this is just the iPhone 5, and it's only certain, you know, certain ones, so you have to get your serial number and and check it in, then uh, you may want to look into it. You can just call the Apple store up or uh, maybe I'll see if I can find a link and put a link in the show notes here uh, for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. So just go over to podcastanswerman.com slash 372, podcastanswerman.com slash 372 and look for the iPhone 5 battery replacement link. All right, next thing I want to talk about is Dropbox. This was another big announcement that's happened within the last couple of weeks and Dropbox announced that they were giving all of their current premium slash pro subscribers more storage. Now, I have been a Dropbox Pro user for quite some time. I started out with $9.99 per month, or I think you could pay $99 for the year. And what that would give you, I think, was 10 gigabytes of space. I'm almost positive that's what that is. Or maybe it was 100 gigabytes of space. It was, yeah, I think it was 100 gigabytes. So anyway, they give you 100 gigabytes of storage space. Now, that was great for storing all of my, you know, for making sure that Dropbox could easily store and sync all of my PDF documents and, you know, some of my photo, actually my photos, my Photoshop documents and, and, and a bunch of other projects. But here's the deal. Since December 2005, I've recorded well over 3,200 podcast episodes. That's 3,200 MP3 files that are are on average about 50 to 65 megabytes per file. 
So you take 50 to 65 megabytes per file times over 3,200, you'll realize that there's no way that I could actually have Dropbox back up into their system uh, th this entire archive of all of my content. And that has nothing to do with the videos that I create, not just my videos for my YouTube channel that I, I release to the world for free, but what about all the you know, the paid premium training tutorials and, and all the other tutorials I use for my podcasting A to Z course. Some of these tutorials are an hour or two hours in length and the original files for those are, you know, let's just say nine gigabytes. And then the original, you know, the HD version of some of those files are, you know, multiple, at least multiple gigabytes in many cases. So I've never been able to back any of those things up to Dropbox either. So what I've been doing, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what life was like for me in the backup space prior to using Dropbox's new, or prior to Dropbox's new announcement. So here's what I did. I'm a Mac user, all right? So I had on my hard, my, well, first of all, I have a 27-inch iMac. It has a one terabyte hard drive in it, all right? A one terabyte hard drive. Now, when you have Dropbox, and even if you have a free account or whatever, when you have Dropbox, Dropbox will allow you to install a folder anywhere you want on your system, and anything you put inside of your Dropbox folder will upload to their Dropbox servers as a backup. You can access any of those files online anytime, and you can also install Dropbox on another computer and and anything and of course automatically it will take everything that's in Dropbox and put it and sync it to that other computer. Now, if I had let's just say let's just say I had 200 gigabytes worth of uh, oh by the way I did upgrade a long time ago my Dropbox accounts from 100 gigabytes to the 200 gigabyte pro plan, which was one nineteen ninety nine a month or. $199 per year. So that's the plan that I was on. And so I had up to 200 gigabytes. And I had, you know, nearly 200 gigabytes worth of data inside of my Dropbox. So what happened was when I install Dropbox on my, let's say, MacBook Pro, it has a 750 gigabyte hard drive. And I do want a lot of that material on my laptop so that when I go to a hotel or something like that and I'm you know, working from my hotel room because I'm at a conference, I want to be able to easily access most of the same files. I want instant access to a lot of that content, and I want it already on my hard drive ready for me. But do I need, do I necessarily need access to, let's just say, every single high-res photo that I've taken with my DSLR for the last several years? No. So Dropbox allows you to do this thing called Selective Sync. And so I was, you know, I'd go into Selective Sync and say, Dropbox, I want you to, to sync everything except for this folder, this folder, and this folder. So I did already have some of that going as well. So now let me get back to tell you prior to Dropbox. This is what I would do. On my main production computer, I would have a folder called Dropbox, all right? And in Dropbox, on my main production computer, I would not do selective sync. Uh, instead, I would let Dropbox back up and sync anything and everything I'd ever put into Dropbox on my production machine. So my production machine, let's, I, number one, I'm paperless. And let me take a drink of water here. Ah, that's better. I'm paperless. So every receipt, every document, everything that's ever come to me in paper form has been scanned and lives as a digital PDF document. And I know a lot of people put those in Evernote. I'm not a fan of putting that kind of content in Evernote. I know about the, you know, the benefits of letting it do optical character recognition and easy search and all that stuff, but the reality is is if if Evernote crashes and I don't have internet access and all this other stuff and I can't open internet, can I get in and find a PDF document? And and the answer to that is if Evernote doesn't open and I don't have access to get to Evernote from the internet, can I open a PDF document and can I go into my hard drive and find it? The answer is no because it's it's encrypted in their library and all this other stuff. So what I do is in my Dropbox folder, matter of fact, let me pull this up. So I will pull this up and I will tell you the names of some of my folders inside of Dropbox. So I have a I have a folder folder called Inbox, 
And Inbox is kind of that place where if I have a file that I know I'm gonna uh, need relatively soon, but it's not gonna stay permanently you know, in the location where I wanna put it, I'll just drop it into my inbox inside of Dropbox. So for example, sometimes I get the press screening tickets for, to go see a movie for free so that I can review it on a podcast. And that's a little PDF document that I'll, I'll keep on file just in case I forget to print the ticket and take it with me. I can, I can just throw that into my inbox, which is a, a folder inside of Dropbox, and then I could pull it up on my phone because I have Dropbox on my phone, and I can say, here's, here's my thing. You can scan the barcode right off of this. So that's my inbox. Little files there that are there temporarily. They could live there for the next three months. They could live there for the next three weeks. They could live there for the next three hours. The idea is that it's just the inbox. It's there. But the idea is it's not a permanent place for any of the documents there. Also, airline itineraries will sometimes get duplicated there. Now, airline itineraries I will put into my inbox, but I also put into Evernote. I know I'm crazy. Anyway, then I actually have a folder called transfer docs and it's and then it, the folder continues on and says hyphen must keep clean. Now, what transfer docs is for is documents that are not meant to stay in that file for any longer or folder any longer than they have to. So for example, um, I do po- I I only do podcast production for one client and that's the only client that I've ever done podcast well yeah, no, the, the, okay, it's the only one that I currently do uh, production for, and that is my friend Dan Miller, 48 Days online radio show over at 48days.com slash listen. Anyway, I do his show, and if I'm out of town at a conference and I produce his show and I do the editing and uploading and all that other stuff from my hotel room, well, I want to be able to put that file into my content archives. I've got a folder that has all uh, that has every single episode of every podcast that I've produced for him and for myself. Well, because I have Selective Sync on, and also prior to this announcement with Dropbox, I never even had a, I never had any of those files in Dropbox. This will all makes sense in a little bit. And then, by the way, if I'm talking way over your head, I'm sorry. That's I'm getting geeky in this episode of Podcast Answer Man. I, I'm I'm. I'm almost sorry that if, if this is like making your head spin, but I know some people are really enjoying this. And for the rest of you, if you just want to tune in next week, that's cool because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep talking like this, blah, blah, blah. You know, some of you are like thinking I sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Anyway, so, um, so basically what I would do in that scenario is I would say, okay, um, I have this file, you know, this, let's just say 40 meg file. For Dan Miller, and I don't want to leave it on my hard drive here. I don't want to leave it on my desktop, um, you know, and, and clutter that up. I've got a bunch of other work that I'm going to do. I'm very OCD. I hate to have any kind of clutter anywhere. And so what I'll do is I'll take that file and put it into my Dropbox folder on my laptop called Transfer Docs Must Keep Clean, and it automatically uploads it to that folder in. Um, in Dropbox, but my computer is running here back in my office, in my home here, and so what happens is it automatically downloads it right into that file. And what I'll do is I'll make a note to myself when I get home, and I'll put it in Evernote and say, you know, move, you know, archived episode for 48 days over to the content archives. Or sometimes I may not do that, I'll just forget, and then what'll happen is when I get back and I'm doing the next podcast episode for Dan Miller, I'll think, oh, you know what? I need to go grab that one. And I just go and drag the file out of the transfer docs must keep clean folder. And then I'll move that over to my content archives, which again, until recently had not been a part of my Dropbox account. Are you still with me? (laughs) I don't know if you are or not. But anyway, so let me share with you some other things. You know, I had a bunch of templates. I had audio clips for my things. I had podcast artwork for any of my podcast shows. Some I'm I'm reading you to you all of the things I had in my Dropbox that I would actually sync among all the different computers, especially between my work computer and my MacBook Pro. So uh, I would have things like let's see here I would have uh, Photoshop projects. These are like Photoshop templates. These are my logos. These are you know artwork that I've created and and stuff like that. Um, it would have all the I you know the royalty free stock photos and images that I've purchased over the years, 
all of that's in my Photoshop projects folder. And those that even has subfolders of different projects and different logos and, and all these different things. But that's all synced and available both it's in Dropbox in both my MacBook Pro and my uh, and my main work computer here at my office in my studio. I, and then I would have just a bunch of other things. I would have like uh, wallpapers and stuff like that. It just just anything and everything. And by the way, and then I have a, a folder that's called my filing cabinet. All right. And in my filing cabinet, I have bank statements, birth certificates, um, business annual reports for the state representative here in Kentucky. Uh, I have, uh, let's see here, equipment orders, scans of equipment orders. And I have any house, any documents related to the purchase and building of this new home that we live in. Uh, any per- any uh, documents related to the ownership of our old home that we had uh, and that we're getting ready to sell. Anything that's related to insurance inside the insurance folder inside. Okay, so there's uh, this is my filing cabinet and inside that has a folder called insurance and inside that folder are folders for home insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, health insurance. And inside of those folders, some of those even have um, subfolders as well. But anyway, these are all scanned PDF documents. You know, this is basically the replacement of a f- my filing cabinet. And so that's exactly what this is. This is my filing cabinet. I have all of my tax documents, which, by the way, a lot of documents that you would think, oh, my gosh, Cliff, what if, you know, Dropbox gets hacked or whatever. A lot of the most important documents on PDF are very highly encrypted and closed uh, and are encrypted and can only be opened with a special password. So I do have that in place as well. But these, these again, this is how I would actually keep all of this stuff, um, you know, online or keep it in my computer. Now, um, everything I've mentioned to you pretty much, with the exception of those archived backups of my MP3s, and you'll notice that I, again, I, you know, and other than my video projects for like my video tutorials and stuff, all of that, anything else had been in Dropbox. Dropbox was great for everything, just about, except for all of my MP3 files for my podcast episodes and all of my video files and video project files for the tutorials and videos that I've created over the years. So what I did is I had Dropbox, and that means Dropbox has a copy of all that other stuff. But then I'm like, okay, but what happens if I lose, if my hard drive fails and I lose all of my MP3 files and my video files? Well, one of the things I could think about to myself, well, if I lose my hard drive here in my studio, at least all the MP3 files are still at Libsyn or wherever they're hosted on media files uh, in the various places that I've done them since 2005. So so I could still get those. But what about all those video files? Well, I could go to YouTube and download the MP3, MP4 versions of those things. But it's still, that's already another processed file. But what about the original files? And of course, what about some of the original source files of, of those things? You know, do I have backups of those? So there are two different things I did to make sure that I was backed up there. One is I, I'm a Mac user, so I have an external FireWire hard drive hooked up to my computer, and I use what's called Time Machine. And for those of us who are Mac users, and if you know, if you are a Mac user and you're using Time Machine, you know how awesome it is. And if you are a Mac user and you're not using Time Machine, oh my gosh, you really need to grab yourself an external hard drive and start using Time Machine. It will rock your world. Um, you know, backing up to an external hard drive and keeping it up to date with everything that's going on on your computer has never been so easy. It may be a little bit more cumbersome for somebody who is using a laptop as their main computer and take it away from the house. But man, if you can make it a habit to to just come come in and every time you're back at your office or every time you're back at home to plug in that external drive and let Time Machine do its magic, you'll never have to worry about losing any of that stuff. Uh, and so basically, well, with a caveat, uh, which I'll get into. So anyway, Time Machine for me backs up everything to an external hard drive. And this has been great because there was a time when I had my 27-inch iMac, my late 2009 model. I'm going to take another drink of water here. Ah, that's good stuff. Anyway, I took that into Apple to because it, it actually was experiencing a hard drive failure. And I took it into Apple and they said, yep, sure enough, we need to get you a new hard drive. But, and and they could have done that right then and there. They said, but there's also something going on with your display and we can actually cover that under warranty or you can bring it in later when it finally decides to give out on you. 
uh, which it probably will within the next couple months. And I said, well, why don't you go ahead and replace it? And they said, that's no problem at all. We'll have this back to you within about, you know, five to six days, five to six business days. And I'm like, what? I can't live without my computer for that long. And I literally, I can't. It was, it, it's my business. And so that day at the Apple store, this is a couple years ago, I decided I bought a whole brand new 27 inch iMac to use while that other one was being repaired. And I figured, you know, it's not going to hurt me to have another one. That way, if the new one I buy, if it ever needs a repair, I have the other one as a backup. So I brought the new 27 inch iMac home and I hooked it up to my time machine drive and it says, hey, we noticed that you have a time machine backup already on this external hard drive. Would you like us to restore from your backup? And I said yes. And I walked away and came back about three or four hours later. And everything that was on my older, my computer that was being worked on from Apple, everything that was on there was now on my new computer. It was as if I never changed. I did actually have to go in and reactivate some software and say, here's my license key and stuff like that. But outside of that, everything was just like before. And when I got my old computer back, I basically just wiped that hard drive clean and did a fresh install of the operating system. And it's been a backup secondary computer for various different things ever since that time. So uh, Time Machine works and it's awesome because it allows you to instantly take your, if your computer goes, crashes on you, you get a new Mac computer, plug it in and it'll reinstall everything that was on there before, just like it was. It, it's, it's absolutely awesome. So I had that as a backup, and that actually does not just my, you know, of course, Dropbox is a folder on my hard drive, so Time Machine gets a backup of everything that Dropbox has in it, and then I, you know, I told you about the video files and and the archives of all my MP3 files, so in my, on, on my hard drive, outside of the Dropbox folder, so Dropbox will only back up anything inside the Dropbox folder or inside the folders that are inside the folders that are inside the folders that are inside the folders of folders <laughs> that are inside Dropbox. But um, Dropbox is not looking at anything outside of the Dropbox thing. So what happened was Time Machine gets everything on your hard drive and it gets also the system files. So it gets the operating system, it gets all the, the preference files for your operating system, everything. It keeps all of that data plus everything else on your hard drive. Um, so I, and what I did for my documents, uh, actually there's a documents folder that comes included and inside my documents folder, I had the folder called content archives and inside that folder was where I kept all of the recordings of all the podcast episodes that I've ever produced for myself and for any of my clients. And so there are 30 of my own shows. So I've got family from the heart. I have hunger games. I have uh, Business Tech Weekly, the Virtual Assistant Podcast, Podcast Answer Man, and every episode of every podcast of each of those shows, um, each podcast had its own folder inside of the content ar- content archives folder, and um, and 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 inside of each of those folders for each show was a li- was a uh, was each of the podcast episodes, and again for just my own shows that's over three thousand two hundred. I think we're at like 3,249 or something like that, episodes or MP3 files. And that's a lot of data. And then, of course, I said that, you know, I've got every episode of Dan Miller's show, every episode of Dave McClellan over at the Corvette Chief podcast. And I've got all of those files that I've done. And then also in my my, um, documents folder is a folder called, it is called um, uh, Digital Products. And then there's video projects. And, and so there's other big folders inside of my documents folder that until recently had never been backed up to Dropbox, but still contained a ton of valuable content. And of course, all of that was getting backed up to my, my external drive via time machine. Now, by the way, for those of you who are on a PC, there are uh, solutions that will do similar uh, backups and and live real-time backups throughout the day uh, to an external drive. In fact, gosh, it's been years since I've been on a Windows machine, but back in 2007, they started to have some really good solutions for that. Ones that that work probably, I'm sure today they've got some that work almost as as good as as, uh, Time Machine. But uh, 
Anyway, and who knows? Gosh, by this time, maybe Microsoft's come to the place where they realize that they should build it in like Apple does. I don't know. But anyway, that that's what I had done. So I had everything's on my hard drive and a lot of my stuff that I could fit into Dropbox, but, you know, but still... I didn't do all those video things. All of that stuff was at least backed up to a, a uh, an external hard drive on my computer using the time machine. Which, by the way, I had a one terabyte drive on my computer and I used a two terabyte external hard drive for my time machine backups. Now, why would I put a, you know, two times? And by the way, if I, I, I now that I think about it, I probably should have gone with a three terabyte drive. But why would I want... Uh, you know, twice or more size drive for Time Machine, this external hard drive backup, than I would want for, than is what's available to me on my hard drive. Gosh, I can only put a one terabyte onto the drive and you're only backing that up, right? Let me, t- I'll explain why after I take this drink of water. All right. And the reason why is because Time Machine not only keeps a backup of everything on your file, but any changes you've made to those files, it keeps versions of all of those. So if I had a PDF document and all of a sudden I, I go in and use PDF Pen Pro and I go in and delete, let's just say, four or five pages out of a, a document and resave the PDF file. Well, then all of a sudden, I, you know, three three months later, um, the IRS says, hey, you know, we want to see the original document that you sent. We want to even see the back page of that. And I'm like, why would you want to see the back page? Well, we desperately need to see the back page. There's a code on there or something like that. I'm just making stuff up. So I can actually go into Time Machine and find that, find where that folder is in Time Machine, pull it up. And, you know, of course, currently it's going to show same thing that's on my hard drive that where I had, it's going to show the file without the three pages that I deleted. But I can go back to a date in the past and actually find what that file looked like before I deleted those pages out of the PDF document. And I could do that with any file, you know, any anyway. So it, it keeps versions, and that's why I have a bigger hard drive. However, the thought is, okay, and again, thinking about this, this is my business here. You know, this, these, these MP3 files, they're, they're more important to me than just a hobby. Uh, these video files, very important to me. A lot of my client files and all this other stuff, this, this is all very important stuff to me. So what happens if my house burns to the ground and my my computer is gone, uh, it's completely trashed, the hard drive inside the computer is completely trashed, The let's just say the external hard drive is completely trashed. What do I do then? Well, the good news is that everything that I had in Dropbox is still available to me. You know, let's just say my MacBook Pro was even here. Well, I could go and get any computer, any new computer, and I can install Dropbox and it'll instantly download everything that was in my Dropbox folder. So basically, I will have, and by the way, I put every, I was putting everything in Dropbox with the exception of video files and MP3 files, um, the the archives of, of those big files that wouldn't fit in my Dropbox folder. So the good news is that all of my tax documents, my filing cabinet that I told you about, all of the other documents in all the other folders, everything in Dropbox, basically I plug it, I, I install Dropbox, I hook it up to my internet connection that has, you know, let's just say 50 megabytes per second download, and I go away for four to six hours and maybe a little bit longer, but then everything I had is instantly on my computer. Actually, it, won't, it wouldn't even take that long. It's It's actually only that long given the news that I'm about ready to tell you about because I've got some news. So anyway, so um, but but still, that's only that. What about all those video files? Those are important to me to have as a backup as well. And if I have a fire, I want to make sure that I have those. So I had used an online backup service called Backblaze. Now, you may have heard of Carbonite.com and and well, the reality is, is there's a ton of these online services out there. And and I just chose to go with Backblaze. Black Backblaze is $5 per month and it does an online backup. You install this program and it will do an online backup of every single file on your computer to their thing, to their thing. And there's no limit. Unlimited space, unlimited storage and it will back up everything. So it backed up everything that was in my Dropbox folder and everything that was in my documents folder and everything else. It just backed up everything it could find. The only thing is, though, unlike Time Machine, Backblaze does not 
back up all your system files or your operating system. But it is going to have every, you know, every, every piece of content, every document, video or otherwise, it's all going to be there. Uh, and what would happen is if I needed it, I could go to Backblaze and download all of that content down. Or I could have them send me portions of content, like folders at a time, and I could actually have them ship me a thumb drive. They just charge me for the thumb drive and and a little bit of you know. Well, they have a flat fee for how much data, and then or the you know you can buy a three terabyte drive or whatever and have them dump the whole thing onto that and ship it to you overnight. So that's an option to you, uh, and it's five dollars a month. And so I also had Backblaze. All right, now here's the deal. And uh, one more drink of water, and then I think I'll be able to get through the rest of this. All right. So recently, Dropbox announced recently that they were going to uh, increase the amount of their storage for their pro accounts by 10 times. That means that now the average, and and I think their their pro account is just basically one uh, level now. Instead, they had th- I think they had two or three levels before, and I was on the second level, which was $19.99 per month or $199 for the year for 200 gigs. But anyway, the most popular plan by far that they had was $9.99 a month or $99 a year for, two- for 100 gigabytes of storage. And for any of those folks, they instantly updated everybody to one terabyte of storage. And... I thought that, and, and my, when I read the story on their blog, it looked like they were going to only that that account size. However, since I was a pro member paid for 200 gigabytes, they actually went ahead and gave me two terabytes of backup data. This is a lot of, a lot of Dropbox space. And so instantly I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Now I can actually take all of my content archives, which again has well over 3,200 of my own uh, MP3 files and all of the other ones that I told you about. I just took my content archives folder and drug that out of my documents folder and put it right inside my Dropbox folder. And then I did my digital product tutorial, or all my digital products, all the video products that I have that I sell. I took that out of my documents folder and I drug it over to my Dropbox holder. And then I went in and did my video files and you know my other video projects and, and I drugged that in and basically took everything out of my documents that was not backed up into Dropbox before. I put it all in to Dropbox and it said, hey, you know, we're, ma- we're re-indexing here. Let's, we're uploading your stuff. And by the way, and I have a super fast connection to the internet. I think I'm I'm I think the the account that I'm on right now is 100 megabits per second down and uh 30 megabits per second up or something like that. Anyway, whatever or maybe it's 50 megabits per second up. Anyway, it it's huge. And it still told me it says it's going to take about I think it was originally 9 days uh that it said it was going to take to up de- upload all of that stuff to Dropbox. Well, I let it. <laughs> It kind of reminds, it was the same thing I had going on when I set, set up Backblaze for the very first time. I had the same issue. It took day, it actually took weeks with Backblaze, but it, it took several days uh, for Dropbox. But now every single, I mean, I have over a, t- let me just check real quick and tell you exactly how much space I'm using. I am using um, two, wait a second. That can't be right. I, I don't. It says here 2,077.8 gigabytes. Oh, no, no, no. That's how much I have. So I'm using 22.6% of of over 2 terabytes. So I'm already at 22% of 2 terabytes of data backed up into there. Anyway... So that's all on Dropbox. Now the thing is, is of course I've got my MacBook Pro over here, and as soon as I dropped that, as soon as I dropped all those big huge files in there, it's starting to download those automatically or sync them into my MacBook Pro. Now, if you'll remember, I already told you that I only have a 750 gigabyte hard drive on my MacBook Pro. So I instantly said, you know what? Let's just shut down Dropbox on my MacBook Pro until everything's uploaded. And the reason why is because. I didn't because not everything, not all those folders that I had drug in were showing up as going as being get ready to download. 
they would only show up once they're finished uploading. So what I did is I just went ahead and shut off um, Dropbox until everything was finished uploading on the one computer. And then I turned on Dropbox on my MacBook Pro and then it says, okay, here are all the files that we're gonna download. And then it said how long it was gonna take. And of course, there's not enough space on the hard drive. So I went into Dropbox and I, on my MacBook Pro, went into the preferences and did selective sync. And then I unchecked content archives. I unchecked all the video projects and all those other things that I don't really need or want on my uh, MacBook Pro. And see, the thing is, my MacBook Pro is this thing that, you know, I, I do have a couple hundred gigabytes worth of data on there that I want access to all the time. And that's why I was using Dropbox. But I don't want all the archives of all those things. That would just, no reason for me to have that on my laptop all the time and there's not enough space. Anyway, one of the problems that I was running into on my main production computer, I'm creating even more video. I'm recording these episodes of Podcast Answer Man in video now. Um, I'm doing all this stuff with video and I'm creating newer tutorials, higher resolution video for the tutorials and all this other stuff. And these things are creating gig massive gigabyte files and I'm running out of space. I mean, I was literally down to the place where it says you have 97 gigabytes out of your one terabyte drive left. And I'm like, seriously, that's it? 97, it's like, that's like 15 more, maybe 20 more video projects. Uh, so what am I gonna do? And I was run, I was getting ready to think, what am I gonna do to, to kind of offload some of this content that's backed up? Well, what I decided to do is I decided, well, I've now I've got all, it, I was so relieved to see Dropbox come out because I moved all that stuff in and I have the old 27 inch iMac that I was telling you about. And I decided, you know what? I'm gonna get a, fi a two terabyte FireWire drive for my old 27 inch iMac. And I, so I went and ordered that, I hooked it up, and then what I did was I uh, installed, I, first of all, I reformatted that drive so that it would be, um, it would be, oh gosh, journaled, extended, you know, whatever the Mac thing is. So I went ahead and, and reformatted the drive so that it would be Mac compatible for the Mac filing system so it would allow, you know, nine gigabyte files. It's important that you guys figure that part out if you have multiple gigabyte files because uh, DOS, you know, the FAT32 system or whatever, I think there's a limit on the, the how big a file can be for it to actually be recognized on the drives. Anyway, so um, I did the reformatting of the drive and it's an external drive. And of course, the old 27-inch iMac says, I see that you plugged in an external drive. Do you want to use it for a time machine backup? And I said, no, I don't. And by the way, the old 27-inch iMac, it literally has, it, it it also has a one terabyte drive and it and it has like 980 gigabytes free on it because the, the only thing it has is a couple, maybe two programs on it and, it, and it, you know, a browser and that's it. But it does have Dropbox and it was only, and I did Selective Sync and it was only dropping, you know, it was only getting some like Photoshop Im images was the only thing it was getting. Um, so what I decided to do is once I plugged in the external drive on that computer, I then t went into Dropbox and you can do this. You can actually say, you go into the preferences on Dropbox and under the account, you can actually change the location of the Dropbox folder to be anywhere you want on your system, including an external drive. So I said, here's my, I want you to take the Dropbox folder off of my internal computer hard drive and I want you to put it inside this two terabyte external drive. And I and it did that. And then I used to have Selective Sync on and I went in and actually told it, listen, I want you to sync everything. And then it said, hey, in about six or seven hours, we'll have everything for you, not a problem. Or maybe it was 24 hours, I don't, I don't remember. It, it took about a day and uh, all of the data, all the content archives, everything that was in Dropbox, which is pretty much pretty much everything other than my system files and you know my programs, but all of my data, uh, I think almost is it over a terabyte, almost a terabyte of data. It's not a terabyte yet, but almost a terabyte of data is inside a Dropbox, and it all downloaded from Dropbox's servers onto that external drive, which is the is the location for Dropbox on my old 27-inch iMac. Now I have a decision, and I think I probably will do, 
is I'm actually going to probably go into my main production computer and turn on selective sync and actually uncheck content archives and uncheck video projects and uncheck a lot of those big, huge, gigantic files. And I'm on my main production machine, I should be able to get back to where I have, let's just say 700 or 800 gigabytes worth of free open storage on my main hard drive here. And then what I can do is when I do a video for project and stuff like that, I will just move that into the transfer documents, keep empty uh, folder. And once those things get uploaded, um, I could even set up some kind of automation to automatically have those transfer over, but I'll probably just go in and, and move those into uh, other various folders where they should go filed away on my, on my Dropbox on the old system. So Anyway, super geeky, I know. Not normally what I talk about, but uh, that's what was going on in my life. And I'm, I'm here's the deal. I'm keeping Dropbox. I'm keeping Backblaze. Why not have another backup solution? I keep my time machine going. Uh, but, uh, you know, what? what's happening here with Dropbox is now I literally am computer independent. That means I could, I, I, it doesn't matter what computer I'm on. Uh, if I go out and get a, if I was to go out and get a brand new Mac, um, I, for example, it, it doesn't matter. Any any brand new Mac, I can instantly download and install the most commonly used programs that I have, either through my Adobe Cloud program or through the Mac App Store. Pretty much everything I use on a regular basis, I can install on a new computer and be no problem at all. And uh, and then install. Dropbox on that new computer and do selective sync and only sync the things that I desperately need and know that, you know, I do have an external drive here and Dropbox has a copy of all of those archives. So I I have relatively instant access to those. And I also have Backblaze. It, it's, it is a backup person's dream. So thank you, Dropbox. And uh, yeah, now you get a, you get a little bit of look into my obsessive compulsiveness. All right, one more drink and let's see what we got next. Let's see here, we're at 47 minutes. All right, so Adam Carolla settles with personal audio. I've got some notes here and uh, let me just read what I have here. It says, the EFF wrote a blog post on this and wants everyone to know that they are still working to invalidate the patent. So first of all, um, just an update on the podcasting patent. A couple weeks ago, I told you that Personal Audio wanted to drop the case, and Adam refused. He says, no, we're going to fight you. Uh, well, he came back and decided, you know, um, we're, we're going to go ahead and settle. Let me just read to you from this article that I, that I found online, and I will, let's see if I can, uh, yeah, this is actually, for, this is all from the EFF, and I'll put a link to this in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 372. Anyway, it says here, uh, he says the or they say the Electronic Frontier Foundation's own challenge to personal audio's patent is on a separate track and will continue. Our case is before the patent trial and appeal board at the patent office. We are on schedule for a hearing in December with a ruling ruling likely to happen by April 2015. Adam Carolla's settlement does not impact our case. Corolla and Personal Audio have agreed to a quiet period where they won't make any public statements about the settlement before September 30th, 2014. So I would imagine Adam Corolla will probably have plenty to say come early October. Anyway, not, co- not coincidentally, Personal Audio is still scheduled to go to trial against a number of television companies, NBC, CPS, and Fox in September. Here are some great great quotes from the EFF post on this matter. It says here, the podcasting community showed that it would not be shaken down. Patent litigation is very expensive and most trolls target, uh, target, most troll targets settle early just to avoid the cost of defense. By fighting back, Adam Carolla forced personal audio to actually mount a case and and establish that it, and establish that it deserved money. That turned out to be too hard for the troll. Corolla is one of the most successful podcasters in the business. If suing him made no economic sense, then it makes no sense to sue any podcaster. Though a press release might not be legally binding, 
the company will have a hard time justifying any further litigation or threats of litigation against podcasters. Any future targets can point to this statement, Corolla State uh, Corolla deserves recognition for getting this result. So that's that's what the EFF thinks about it. And yes, they are still working to invalidate the patent. And um, you know, I, I said this when the podcasting patent, uh, podcasting lawsuits first came out. I said this is going to do nothing but help the podcasting community, uh, in in that it's going to get a ton of exposure, and it did. It really helped bring podcasting for in the forefront of people's minds for a very long time, ever since it first came out, and it gave us the exposure that I thought that it would give us, and that is a wonderful thing. And I knew that it seemed crazy and that there was no way that the podcasting community would stand for it and that we wouldn't be shook down. And and um, and I also have a very good feeling that uh, the EFF has a very strong case for getting the Patent and Trademark Office to actually invalidate the patent due to prior art. So I was never worried from the beginning. Uh, this is not over yet. Uh, but I can tell you that personal audio is no longer pursuing any lawsuits with any podcasters. And it doesn't appear that they will be again anytime in the future. Um, it, it doesn't appear to be. And if you're worried about it and you're still thinking, oh, well, it still could happen. Well, anything could happen. Uh, but also the Electronic Frontier Foundation is still working to invalidate that patent and uh and I, you know i'm thinking they got a good case as well so we'll see how that goes but anyway nothing to worry about so far um and just as i predicted and i don't think there will be anything to worry about into the future so hopefully that uh is good news for you guys next thing i have on here i just want to make a real quick note and announcement that new media expo finally did get around to announcing uh, their next event, it is going to be co-located with the NAB, which is, I think, the National Association of Broadcasters. Uh, it will be hosted in 2015. Uh, do I have the dates? Uh, let's see here. I wonder if I have the dates here. Let me look it up. Uh, April 13th through the 16th. All right. And it will be at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, and the Westgate Resort. But anyway, so it's going to be August 13th through the 16th, a little bit later in the year, so it's not going to be right up against Christmas, which I guess is cool. I know a lot of people will be very happy about that. Um, and I'm a little bit excited about the fact that I will be able to go to uh, NAB while attending New Media Expo so that I can actually see a lot of the you know fancy new equipment and stuff like that. And of course, I'm even more and more interested in some of the video production stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. Don't think I'm going away from my audio. I love my audio podcast, but I do have I do have aspirations for doing a an internet television show in the in the not too distant future. Just saying. Yeah, you heard me. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I've, it's been a dream of mine, and so I, you know, I I love going there, and I, I'd love to go there and see all the latest in in all this gear. I saw Panasonic came out with like a four thousand dollar or under four thousand dollar four K camera, and it also recorded in MP4, MOV, AV, CHD, and a bunch of other formats. Four K camera under four thousand dollars, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I was a little tempted. <laughs> <laughs> a little tempted. Anyway, so uh yeah, I'm I'm yeah, interesting stuff there. Why do I have an alarm for 115? Not sure about that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> I just went I just had my alarm go off on my iPhone here. Anyway, so yeah, I, I'm a little bit excited about that. I haven't um you know, I haven't registered yet for New Media Expo, but uh if you're wondering now, by the way, for those that don't know this, I am no longer the director of podcasting for New Media Expo. I made the decision to step down. I, I think I'd done had done all the things that I had um, set out to do there, which is to give the podcasting community a home at that conference and and uh, certainly was able to achieve that. And also, you know, I knew that for me, it was time for me to focus on some new things. Like, you know, uh, some of you have noticed that I've been doing a lot more with like uh, business coaching and consulting and, and stuff like that, really helping people understand how to take uh, the mindset of an employee and 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 become more uh, along the lines of a mindset of an employee an um, 
Let's, a business owner, how's that? Uh, helping people understand what it takes to build a successful business and how to serve people and how to create products and services and how to think about business. It's not about how much money you can make, but how well can you serve people? That that kind of stuff. Those are the things that I love to do. I've been doing these one-day business masterminds. Uh, I, at least I did one of them uh, successfully, and I have, I'm have. i actually getting ready to put a couple more on the calendar, and so I'll be back and talk, talking to you guys more about that in the future. But I am no longer associated with New Media Expo personally or professionally, uh, but am I going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to make it a point to get there and uh and and so yeah and i'm looking forward to being at nab now for those of you who are interested in you know social media learning how to use social media a little bit better how to use linkedin to to kind of better network with folks how to use pinterest how to use all the different social media tools out there to really understand how you can market your business or your brand which by the way some of the some of the way some people talk about social media kind of just makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> you know, it, it, I it just, uh, I, I, it's how to do this. So, you you know, how to turn people into, you know, leads and, 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 and stuff. And, and I understand you want to, you want a business to be profitable. You want new clients, you want new customers. And, and many people want it for the right reasons. They, they, they know that they have something that can serve people. And I get all of that. But sometimes, you know, is, is somebody says, and I'm going to teach you how to do this. And by the way, you won't have to take pictures of your lunch. What's wrong with taking pictures of your lunch? I ask you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, although, you know, taking a picture while you're at lunch and letting people know what you like to eat, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Let you, anyway, we won't go into that. But <laughs> do you want to learn how to be more effective? Well, my friend Michael Stelzner has the Social Media Success Summit 2014. This is an online conference that you don't have to travel anywhere to go to. No, you don't have the face-to-face networking, but you do have the ability to jump in and ask questions in the online uh, in the online question board that's there while the conference is going on and while the people are talking and they do Q and A's and stuff like that. Anyway, I am one of the feature speakers for this conference. It's happening in October. Throughout the month of October, there'll be many different days with many different online webinars that you can participate live or if you want to, you can just wait and grab all that content, all that training, all that video uh, after it's been released later in the day as they're being recorded and, and released. So anyway, it is Social Media Success Summit 2014. If you want, you can go over to gspn.tv slash social media. That is my uh, affiliate link, and I will earn a commission if you do sign up for that just to give you a little disclosure there. But uh, again, that's GSPN, stands for Generally Speaking Production Network, .tv slash social media, gspn.tv slash social media. All righty, and uh, yeah, I think it's time to end the show. So let's uh, start this music here, right uh, about there. Yeah, so, yeah, you know what, I think I covered everything. Um, that's it. Oh, one other thing, platform conference, November uh, if you go to platformconference.tv, um, go ahead and, and sign up for that. It's coming up on November 9th through the 11th. If you use promo code Cliff, my first name, you'll save $100 off your ticket there. Um, go ahead and get registered if you're planning to come to the platform conference, but you may not want to book your airfare just yet. And the reason why is because I... I'll go ahead and tell you, I have a very close personal friend of mine, and he and I together are going to be doing a one-day business mastermind, and uh, I'm very excited about that, and I will be able to tell you more. We have a call scheduled tomorrow to, to talk about and firm up some details, but uh, it's going to be the day before the conference in at the November conference in, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, that is not absolutely guaranteed. We do not have that space reserved yet. So again, wait till you get further details. But uh, go ahead and sign up for the conference if you're going and then just wait to book your hotel and your airfare until after next week when I announce the official date and time and location and details about my next, or not the next, because there's going to be one in October here in my studio, which I'll tell you about soon as well. But next day, one business mastermind, or one day, next level, one day, business mastermind events. 
<sighs> I'm done talking today. I'll be back next week. I'll tell you more about it. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Where are we at here on my music? Uh, it has one minute and 39 seconds. I'll just say it has been a blast just sharing with you off the top of my head. I know this is a little bit more rambly for me, a little overly geeky, over the top technical, but I don't do it all the time. So I had fun talking about my geeky Dropbox backup scenario situation, and uh, I hope at least two or three of you got something of value out of that, and, and maybe you'll go over and... Uh, find the joys of Dropbox and what you can do with it. Yep, that's going to wrap it up. God bless. I'll see you all next week. Until then, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level.